Welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Part three today on the topic of work, which is really, really important. It's a third of our lives well, not counting school and retirement, but other than that, a third of our lives is taken up by work, and it, um, it's, it's really important to understand how God feels about our work. So for the first couple of minutes, just want to give a real quick recap. If you weren't here for part one and part two, you can go online and you can find those messages on the internet somewhere. Part one, or number one, sorry. We were created to work. Before the fall of man, before the curse, before sin and death came into this world, God created man. He planned that man should work. Work is not a curse. Um, it was part of God's perfect plan for us, and it is still God's perfect plan for us to work. Number two, work is worship. The Bible says, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. And that obviously includes work. Work is worship. Number three, God speaks. When we work throughout the Bible, more often than not, God spoke to people, God commissioned people, God came and encountered people as they were going about their normal everyday work. Number four, um, work no longer needs to be a curse for those in Christ. And I love this point. The curse of work came because of Adam's disobedience. Jesus, and another one of Jesus' names is the last Adam, came to break the curse of sin and death. As Christians, we no longer need to experience working as a curse, but as a blessing. Like we still live in a fallen world. There's still toil and stress, but positionally now that we're in Christ, we can understand and experience work as a true blessing. Number five, God moves as we work. There's so many stories um, that I know of you guys in your life and how God moves and how God brings people across your path and you can have uh, you know, just incredible encounters with God and, and, encounter, and inviting people to understand the encounters with, with Jesus as you work. And lastly, work is ministry. Spiritual in the Bible is, simply means animated by the Holy Spirit. Uh, so we, under, we sort of misunderstand that, that we have the spiritual part of our lives and the secular part of our lives. So what we're doing now is spiritual and sacred and, and outside of church, like work is, is, is secular. But it's, it's not like that. Everything we do as Christians is animated by the Holy Spirit, which means everything we do is spiritual. So we're in full-time ministry. You're in full-time ministry. Uh, when you go about your normal everyday lives, and God has called us to a specific part or parts of culture in which to be his hands and his feet, whether it's family or religion, business, politics, education, uh, media and arts and entertainment. God has called you um, into that place, into that sphere of society uh, to do what he wants and is calling you to do. That is the recap of two messages. I did it in three minutes. That's pretty awesome. Okay, the third and final part, and we're going to squish a whole lot into this morning, but hopefully it's not going to be too much longer, maybe a couple of hours or something. Seven, work well. Work well is an incredibly important and biblical principle when we look at work. Uh, Proverbs 22 verse 29 says, Do you see any truly competent workers? They will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. 
Do you see any truly competent workers? They will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. So I looked up uh, what the, the, the word is in the Hebrew for competent, and it means quick, prompt, skilled, ready, prepared. Uh, it's work ethic. If you have an incredible work ethic that gives glory to God, and if you see your workplace as, as a place of worship, how you work is worship to God, your work ethic is going to be amazing, and people will see that, and people will promote you. And the Bible does not lie. If you work hard to glorify God, then you will be elevated in God's timing. And I remember hearing a story of a, a, a gentleman that used to come to this church, uh, and he started in a, in a big company, just sweeping the floor. Um, and then as he, as he grew, just kept on getting promoted, promoted to one, one uh, eventually he was uh, almost running that company. Isn't that incredible? It's a principle of just working to glorify God. Colossians, oh sorry, before we go into any more, uh, I, I looked at a whole lot of websites as to what employers really are looking for in their employees. Like what are the characteristics um, of of employers and, and what they, they really, and I was thinking, well, intelligence and degrees and work experience, and it actually is not a lot of that. Those don't usually come in the top 10. So I looked at several and I sort of accumulated it into Simon's seven top points um, of, of workplace ethics and behavior, just sort of joined them all together. And the ones that showed up most, um, most of the time in these websites, punctuality, usually number one. Like getting there on time, getting there before you start, teachability, trustworthiness, enthusiasm, respect, dependability, and going above and beyond. Sounds like most of what we hear in the Bible about how we should be living as Christians, right? Punctuality, teachability, trustworthiness, enthusiasm, respect, dependability, going above and and beyond. All of us can do that. And those are the top things that employers look like. Based on that and based on what I know about the Bible and, and what the Bible calls us to live like as Christians, Christians should be the best employees on the face of the planet. Really should. Colossians 3 verse 22 to 24. Slaves. And so whenever we sort of look at slaves now, we get a little bit triggered, don't we? And it's like, whoa, what the heck does the Bible talk about that? That was the part of the culture. Um, and many Christians were slaves. Uh, so it was very, very relevant in the, in the culture of the time to, to talk about and to instruct them actually how are they going to, to, to be a slave for the glory of God. So slaves, obey, and I really do think it's applicable to us because when you look at that word slave, it can actually mean a whole lot of things, including servant. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time. Not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. So we can directly apply that to our lives and our workplace. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. How big is, how big is God's inheritance? <laughs> it's pretty big. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. Titus 2 verse 9 to 10. 
Slaves must always obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Then they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive in every way. Then they will make the teaching about Christ our Savior, God our Savior, attractive in every way. Working well is effective evangelism. So I don't know how to tell someone about Jesus, and I've never done that before. And you know, when the opportunity arises, we should. But working hard and working well, that's incredibly powerful evangelism. Like people notice that. Like that's not too common in these days to have that uh, character quality consistently in, in one's life. I remember way back in the day, I used to work at McDonald's. Used to be a fry cook. And uh, I was on fire for Jesus, so I just like every opportunity, I like would make an opportunity. And I was a lot more confrontational than I am now, <laughs> believe it or not. So I was there and I was working and I would just like tell people about Jesus. And then I got called into the manager's office uh, once and said, Simon, like, cut it out. Like, it's, no, no offense, but it's probably not the right time when we're stressing out and it's rush hour to be engaging in a, uh, in a heated debate about Jesus. Like, can you please? And so I just said, oh, well, I just don't even like working here. It's like McDonald's, for goodness sake. Like, I'm called to the ministry, so I just like kept on going, and then it wasn't too long. I was a crew trainer as well, which is like, you're, you're, you've, you've got honor in McDonald's if you're a crew trainer. Um, then I got called into the manager's office and said, Simon, you know, we told you what we expected of you, and you aren't doing it. We are demoting you. Man, I just felt like, ah. Oh. And so what I was saying was definitely not adding up what, was what my attitude was like. And that is not a good witness. Uh, because I should have just been working hard, and people knew I was a Christian anyway. Um, and that's, it was a big um, life lesson for me. Like, we, can, we can be really obnoxious to people. And sometimes I think we purposely do that. Um, I'm not sure why, to earn brownie points for God or whatever. But just working hard... And having great character and loving people well and being sensible about how you go about it. It's effective evangelism if we do that right. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 6 to 14. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they received from us. For you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Well, that flies in the face of our current social welfare system, doesn't it? which teaches us to rely on someone else and others' handouts other than God's promises and God's providence and God's ways and looking to God for our supply. <laughs> Crickets right now. It's like, wow. Like, the Bible is not popular in, in current culture. So what we can do is, is look at the Bible through the eyes of culture and change it. It's like, well, that's not what it meant. We can actually look at what the Bible is really saying. It's not don't be lazy. Work hard. 
Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Now, obviously, there is a place for, for, for people that need, need help. Absolutely. I mean, look at the current situation down um, in Hawke's Bay. Absolutely. But I think some people can, like, use the system for their advantage. And uh, it's not good. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and to work to earn their own living. As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. Take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter. Stay away from them so that they will be ashamed. Don't think of them as enemies, but warn them as you would a brother or a sister. So absolutely you still love these people, but the Bible is incredibly clear. It doesn't look upon lazy people very positively. Like we've got to work hard. Working hard and working well is a godly principle and a characteristic that we should carry. Amen? Hopefully you guys agree with me. It's gone really quiet in here. That's all right. I don't think I've offended too many people so far, so that's good. I sort of did that last week, so I'm all good this week. So that is work well. And we understand that it's right throughout the Bible for us with jobs. Uh, work well. Work hard. Work as if you're working for Jesus. Um, go over and above. Go the extra mile. Turn up on time. Now, when the boss asks you to do a little bit overtime and you're just like, well, that's not in my job description, just do it anyway. Obviously, if that's ongoing, you, you, don't, wanna, um, you don't want people to take advantage of you, but you know, we've we got to understand that this is what Jesus is calling us to, and it's a high call. So that's number seven, work well. Number eight is basically just a whole lot of things that I haven't talked about so far. Overwork, looking for work, don't need to work, want different work, can't work, and don't want to work. So number one, overwork. Uh, and that's a thing. It's called workaholicism. Um, and a workaholic is a person who is addicted to working to the point where their life consists only of work and sleep. You know, workaholics, um, they have got, when you look at the surveys, they don't live that long <laughs> because they're so stressed out all the time. Um, but that's a big thing. People that, that overwork all the time, it becomes an addiction. Now, there was 500 people over the age of 90, they were asked, and this is a big survey, if you could live again, what would you do differently? And three answers came up consistently with the 500 people. Um, number one, I'd spend more time with my family. Number two, I'd risk more. Number three, I'd do more things that would live on after I'm gone. I'd spend more time with my family. I'd risk more. I'd do more things that would live on after I'm gone. Note the absence of, oh man, I wish I spent more time in the office. Like I wish I spent more time making money. I wish I spent more time so that I could afford that boat. Like when you're on your deathbed and you're looking back at your life, you sort of get a clearer picture of what's actually been important in life. Spending more time with family, risking more, I'd do things that more things that would live on. So why are we working so why are we working to excess? And I'm not talking about working well now, I'm talking about when it becomes an issue and you know that you're just working too hard and you're burning yourself out and you're not a very nice person. I think number one, we want success because our identity is so wrapped up in what we do instead of who we are. So we want success. Uh, there was a world-renowned psychiatrist, Andrew E. Slaby. He said this, The trouble with success is that the formula for it is often the same as the formula for a nervous breakdown. Second reason why we work too hard, we want to maintain an overstuffed 
lifestyle. Now, is our lifestyle demanding that we work harder than we should? Well, why do we need so much stuff anyway? I remember hearing a testimony of a guy that understood this. He re- realized that he was spending way mu- too much time away from the things that count. So he thought, well, we can, we can downgrade our lifestyle. And then if I did that, then we could still survive and I could spend more time with my family. And he really wanted to get into ministry as well. So he cut his working week down from five days to four days. Um, and maybe he tightened his belt a little bit, but he, un- he just it opened his whole life for something so much greater Spending more time with those that matter. You know, spending time doing stuff that he knew had a, um, an eternal value in his life. So why do, we, why do we have to work so hard to maintain a lifestyle that we actually don't even need? And thirdly, the devourer, the devil, steals our money. And you can work so hard, and then all of us, like, things break down, and this happens, and you're like, why on earth is all of this money coming um, out of my life when I'm working so hard. I've got an opinion, and, and some people may not like it. I think it's an issue of lordship. Because when we truly give the lordship of our life over to God, he becomes our landlord, and, and landlords are responsible for the property. So my life now becomes the responsibility of my Lord and Savior if I give lordship over to him. And, and a way that I can show that is through giving the first portion of my life to him, my money, my tithes and offerings, uh, the, the first part of the morning. Lordship is a big deal. And if, if the devourer is just sucking money out of you, then have a look at that and, and, and maybe do some thinking and praying about that. Number four, Sometimes life is just easier at the office. Now, when we have um, relationship breakdown, when our family's going through things, it really truly is sometimes easier just to hang out at the office and, and work hard because you don't want to go home. Uh, and that's it's a real thing. But you no, know, Jesus came to break the curse of sin and death. He's already done it. There is freedom. There is life. There is reconciliation. There is forgiveness. There is hope. There is breakthrough in our families, in our marriages. And um, for those of you guys that don't know, we're doing a thing uh, for, with almost 40 guys at church on Sunday nights called Fight Club. And, and we're getting together and we're sitting down and, and we're just opening up our lives to each other and praying and supporting each other. Man, the, the miracles and the breakthroughs um, at home with relationships that I'm hearing about already, it's, it's phenomenal. So there is help if we say, okay, I take responsibility. I'm going to do something about this. So um, if that's you, come and talk to me later or come and talk to someone that you came, came with because if you have got issues, God is there for you and he is the breakthrough God. So, okay, workaholicism, what about um, you want work? 1 John 5, 14 to 15, this is not up there, but I'm just going to read it anyway. We are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. God wants you to work. God wants work for you. So if we pray for work, we know that we are praying in accordance to God's will. And that's, those are the best prayers. Like God answers those prayers. So if you're wanting work, start praying diligently for work. Now, this isn't in the Bible, or unless I haven't seen it anywhere so far, but my mum and dad brought me up with this saying, and I, I sort of pretty much thought it was in the Bible because they told me so much. This is it, and I think this is absolutely amazing. If you haven't got a full-time job, then looking for a job should be full-time. 
If you haven't got a full-time job, then you should be looking for a job full-time. Like that should be your full-time job, just going and asking. Um, and, and that happened to me a few times. Like I never, ever had any trouble finding work if you just go out and start getting, like it's your full-time job, go and look for a job full-time. And this is another unpopular one. Ask to work for free. Like volunteer. Like rock up to someone that you want to work and say, hey, I'm such and such, and I'm really keen to work. Like I'll, I'll work for a few weeks for free just so that you can get to know me. And like hardly anyone does that. Like that's a shock to the system of New Zealand if people do that. And I remember one of my kids, I think they did this with a shop, and like they said, like, no, we don't. Or did, did I even ask them? It's like, no, my, my kids are working. Like, no, nah, we don't do that anymore because people have asked to do that, and then they just steal stuff from us. That's another state of our nation. Um, but anyway, Simon's three tips for, for getting work. God wants you to work. Pray and, and believe. That. That's in the will of God. If you haven't got a full-time job, then looking for a job should be full-time and work voluntary. What if you don't need work? Maybe God's blessed you with finances or maybe you're retired and you just know, don't need to work anymore. And I just want to talk about the retirement thing for a second. I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet, but I'm looking forward to retirement. I really am. I'm looking forward to having coffees and like sleeping in. Uh, but there are some people, and I've heard this preach, it's like retirement's, retirement's not in the Bible, so I'm going to be working to the day I die because there's like, we're not going to retire. And I'm just thinking, man, I want to retire. I was like, what? And I think sometimes that can be an identity thing because, again, we find our identity in what we do instead of being who we are. So maybe you're retired and maybe you don't need to work. Find something you're passionate about and just do it. Like you don't need to get paid for work. If you don't need to get paid for work, just find something. So when I get to be retired, like I want to still be encouraging people and mentoring people and hopefully be involved in church governance, but hopefully people are going to be shouting me coffees and stuff. But I think when you get to that point in life, you've actually earned the right to, act, to do something you enjoy doing. So you've understood and you've... You've learned what you're good at and your giftings, and then you can serve and be a blessing to others. And I've got two awesome retired guys on our governance. We've got Wayne and Richard, and I think they work harder now than they did when they were working for a salary. But like their, their amount of wisdom and their experience and their heart for others and their heart for church, and they do that willingly. So I honor you guys uh, this morning. You're amazing. And... Um, Everyone else that's, you know, you're in that place, but you're serving hard and you understand that. You're amazing. So thank you. So, um, you know, if you don't need to work, just find something you're passionate about and do it. What about you don't want to work? Actually, no, before that, because that gets a little bit heavy, I'll go back to what about if you want different work? <laughs> I'll leave that to the end. So you're in a place and you just don't enjoy it. And you know it's not your fit, and it's just a drag, and you've been hearing this about, well, wait a sec, work should be a blessing. So what if you want different work? And that's okay. Romans 12, verse 1 to 2 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a holy and living sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good 
and pleasing and perfect. So if we give our bodies to God, if we give our lives to God and surrender to Him, He's going to transform our thinking. He's going to renew our minds. And the onflow with that is then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And in the area of our vocation and our work, it's such a big part of our life. If we surrender our lives to God and say, God, I want to be in the place where you want me to be. Um, If we are surrendered, He will guide you. He will start to lead you. It's not a difficult thing. I think actually for, for believers who are surrendered, it's far more difficult being out of the will of God than being in the will of God. Because if you step a little bit out of the will of God, God is sure to show you. But it's living a surrendered life. And as you do that, even if you're in a place that you don't enjoy right now, start praying that. Live surrendered to God. Say, God, please show me. And he will make your path straight. It's a promise in the word of God. All right. So that was like the encouraging part. What about the like, I just don't want to work part? Proverbs 13 verse 4. Lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. Lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. In the English Standard Version, which is a little bit more accurate, says the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. The soul of the sluggard. Like, you know what the root word for sluggard is? Slug. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be called a slug by the, like, the, the Bible. Like, slugs are slimy and they're cold and they're just gross. Again, the Bible doesn't shine a positive light on those who are lazy. It's not compatible with the, the Christ-centered, spirit-filled life. So if that's you, if you don't want to work, then repent. Give your life to Jesus and work hard. The New Testament puts it a little bit more positive. Romans 12, 11, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. And I used to always think that work hard meant in the context of ministry. But actually, if you, if you blow that verse apart and really look at it, it actually is in the context of our whole entire life like guidelines for great living. So I want to say to us, with the authority of the Word of God, don't be lazy, work hard, and serve the Lord enthusiastically. So in conclusion, and if we can have the band up, that would be awesome. We were created to work. Work is worship. God speaks as we work. Work no longer needs to be a curse for those in Christ. God moves as we work. Work is ministry. So work well. And I just wanted to touch, as we wrap this whole thing up, about identity, because that's a big, a big theme in my life this year, as we started off the, the year with the, the saints and sons and servants thing. So um, more directionally as a church, I think it's more you know, who we are relationally. And if that foundation is right, then it sets us up um, for just just soaring with the Lord as individuals and as a church. So I want to have a look at this whole identity thing, because that's a big deal when you think about what we do. Like most of the time when we meet someone, 
just like, who, who, you, who are you? And it's like, yeah, Simon, like, what do you do? It's almost like the very second thing we usually ask is, and because we do that because our identity is so wrapped up in what we do. And if you're proud of what you do, it's like, well, yeah, I'm Simon and I'm like a lawyer. I'm Simon and I'm like a doctor. But I ne- like when someone used to ask me what I did when I was working at McDonald's, it's like a 21-year-old. It's like, I'm Simon. And it's like, no, I just like, like I, I, because my, like, it's so caught up in the way we think in, in our Western culture, what we do is our identity. But I just want to say something incredibly clearly this morning. What we do is not our identity. Who we are is our identity. And that is completely different. Like sometimes God calls us to do something, maybe your work situation, um, and that's what you do, but it's not who you are. Like um, going over to Fiji last year, I, learned, I met so many young people and they've got degrees, but they can't find work in, in what they want to do. So they're working in retail, they're working in um, hospitality and tourism, and, and they don't really have this whole idea of identity wrapped up in what we do like we do over here in New Zealand. So we think, well, that's my identity. It's like what I do. It's not what, it's what you do, but it's not who you are. So who we, like if, if we couldn't work, like, would we be wrecked? Would our, our personality just, would we fall apart? Because it's like, well, I can't do anything anymore. Galatians 4, verse 4 to 7. But when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that we, He could adopt us as His very own children. And because we are His children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are His child, God has made you His heir. You are God's child. doesn't matter what you do. Like your identity isn't in that. Yes, work hard, work well for the glory of God. It's, your, it's, it's a call, but it's who you are. You're a child of God. And nothing will ever take that away. So there's one thing I, I neglected to talk about before is what if we can't work? And there are some people and what if for whatever reason, they just can't work anymore. Again, find our identity in who we are as children of God. And then find what you can do and do that to be a blessing to other people. And some people, like, they've had a crew hand dealt to them in life and, and, and they struggle. But like if we breathe, we, and we can pray. If we've got hands, we can type a word of encouragement message to someone. Like there are a lot of things we can do. And, um, and as, as we are close to God, that happens quite often. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was working on a message on a Saturday afternoon and out of the blue, just this person's name, like it was like a lightning bolt. And that usually happens for me when I need to pray for that person right now uh, at that time. So I said, well, God, I'm gonna pray for that person. I, I just said, is there a message of encouragement? And God gave me like a couple of sentences. So I just messaged this guy and just said, hey, you know, I think God, you know, God wanted to put your heart on my heart right now, praying for you. And I just gave him this word of prophecy of encouragement. Like within a couple of seconds, that person uh, messaged me back and said, Simon, you don't know how timely that was right now. And that can happen to, to all of us. Like even if we can't do stuff, if we've got hands, if we've got a brain, like all of us have got a brain. Um, even if you haven't got hands anymore, like there's dictation on stuff. Like there are ways, we can all find something that's of eternal value and we can do it. We can serve others. We can be a blessing. We can volunteer. Um, so please don't think you're worthless if you can't. Like there's a lot of stuff you can do because our identity is in Christ. We are children of God. 
And that's just the end of, oh, a couple more things, real quickly. Um, it's like my conclusion for the third time. Um, if, if this has really stimulated something, it's like well, this, this whole concept of work and ministry, uh, there is an incredible website called theologyofwork.org. It's in your notes on the Bible app. And, and a whole lot of people from all over the world, just uh, an incredible articles about understanding that your work is work and, and, and how to really please God with that. So that's theologyofwork.org. And lastly, I haven't talked any at all about being a great employer with this series. Um, after Fight Club, I think Alvin's going to be starting an incredible um, business ministry. Uh, and, and we've got a whole lot of amazing employers. So there is going to be a forum in the church um, in coming months where, um, you know, if you're an employer, if you want to know how to, how to do that really well for the glory of God, um, then you can learn about that um, from people that have really been there and, and are a blessing in that whole area as well. Sweet, let's stand up. Let's raise our hands. I'd love to pray with you as we close this series. God, I want to thank you, Lord, that you've called us to work, that work is worship, that you've called us into one of the areas of of, uh, society, and that includes our work. I want to thank you, God. You've, You've gifted us for incredible things outside of church. I want to thank you that you've called us to work well, and we can work well to the glory of God, that working well is effective evangelism. Lord, I pray a blessing over everyone here and over everyone who's listening in the area of our work, what we do from nine to five, what we do to get paid. Lord, I pray a blessing now in the name of Jesus. Lord, for those that are looking for work, I pray they'll find great work. Lord, I pray that we'll understand that our work is calling. Lord, um, I pray for those that don't need to work anymore, that we will find what we're passionate and we'll be free to be able to do that um, with with our time. God, with this whole thing of, of work, I want to thank you that it is biblical, that it is godly, that we should be the best employers and employees on the face of the planet. And Lord, for those of us that are agreeing with this prayer, I want to say, so be it. Lord, so be it. Lord, we will work hard for your glory as though you are our boss, that our work from eight o'clock or whenever it is to five o'clock will be worship and will be great worship to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. We're going to finish with a praise song. But before I do that, or we do that, Christy is preaching next week. It's going to be incredible. And then after that, we're going to start a series on prayer, which I'm really so excited about. Prayer should be the boiler room of the church. So we're going to really be lifting the level um, as a church in the whole area of prayer, individual prayer, corporate prayer, uh, quiet time prayer, like explosive prayer, intercessory prayer. It's going to be amazing. So it's coming up in two weeks. God bless you guys. Um, If you came and if you want to be saved, just like don't leave here without asking someone about Jesus. Um, If you've got a struggle, don't leave here without asking someone and they will pray for you and then you, you will receive a breakthrough in your life. So God bless you guys. We're going to sing a really good, fast, cranking song Um, and then we're going to go and tackle our week we're going to work hard it's going to be amazing God bless you guys thanks so much for listening we hope it was an encouragement to you to contact us or to find out what's happening at our church please check out our website renewchurch.nz